This week, we are returning to one of our all-time favorite places, Paris. But this time, we are talking about visiting in the fall. This is Travel Babies. We're just two sisters trying to travel the world in style, but sometimes things don't go as planned. Each week, we talk about important travel topics to help you decide when, where, and how to explore the world in style. I'm Juliana from Travel Juliana, a professional travel blogger from Boston. And I'm JQ from JQLouise.com, and I'm also a professional travel writer, blogger, and influencer also from Boston. Combined, we have over 200,000 followers across our social media platforms, and we love sharing our travel tips and tricks with you all. But before we get started, don't forget to subscribe and give us a review if you enjoy our podcast. It really helps us a lot. Okay, so let's get started. I mean, obviously, we love Paris, and it's amazing to visit in any season. But I know you just went recently in the fall, and fall is a great time to go because it's kind of the off-season and it's not as crowded. So yeah, let's get started. Obviously, we both love Paris, and it's such a different city depending on the season. In the spring, everything's starting to bloom. In the summer, it can get really hot. In the fall, it's nice and cool, but still sunny. And in the winter, it can be a little chilly and and cold and rainy. So let's talk about the fall. So this was actually my first time visiting Paris in the fall. And I loved it. I mean, I can really see why they have Fashion Week in October. I mean, just the perfect weather. It's sunny and cool and crisp, but it's still, you know, you still have those long days. It's just a great time to visit. Yeah, I know. I agree. I think no matter what time you go, it's, you're going to kind of have like a different experience, but it'll be, it's always beautiful. So, you know, fall is definitely one of our favorite times to go. I'll be going later in the year. So when it's, you know, closer to in the winter and December when it's a little bit colder, but fall is amazing too, like Jacqueline said, because it's so sunny and you still get that gorgeous weather that you are, that you have in the summer. It's definitely not as hot, which is, you know, really nice. Um, and it's definitely, not as crowded just because people, I mean, this year was different and, and, you know, of course last year we couldn't go, but even now it's like you, you want to be able to go when you can see everything without there being like huge lines or anything like that. So fall is definitely a great time to go. Exactly. And honestly, I think this fall leading into winter is a really nice time to visit because the COVID situation has kind of calmed down in terms of the number of cases, but also in terms of the travel requirements. Everything has really evened out, which I think is great. The requirements are still there to keep everybody safe, but they're not changing as rapidly as they were earlier in the year. Yeah. And for the requirements, you know, like in Paris, they're doing the pass sanitaire. So that's, you know, basically the French system of um, of showing your vaccine or a negative PCR test within 72 hours. So in, you know, most restaurants and bars and everything, you need to show it. Um, but for Americans, they also, it's totally fine to just show your vaccine card um, to get into places. And actually, did you guys have to get a COVID test when you went there, like for the plane? So we didn't technically need it when we went this time around, but everyone should definitely check because a lot of the airlines require it. And, you know, depending on where you're connecting through those countries might require it too. So we didn't need it because we flew right into France. But, um, you know, if you're transiting through like Germany or Iceland, I know they both require it. So just definitely make sure you check before you go. But when you're in France, it's actually pretty straightforward, which is really nice. Yeah, it's really easy. And then 
the other thing too is on the way back, you're going to need, you know, a rapid test or PCR test, but rapid test is obviously super easy to to do on your way back um, into the U.S. because you still, you do need a negative test to enter back. Yeah. And the rule is actually changing this week for Americans. So um, if you're vaccinated, you still, the rule stays the same. Um, But if you're unvaccinated and you're returning from abroad, you only have 24 hours before you leave to get your test rather than 72. Starting on November 8th, all citizens will need to either be vaccinated and with a 72-hour COVID test or unvaccinated with a 24-hour COVID test to come back home. Oh, yeah, that's good to know. I know that's, I, I think the November 8th, um, you know, kind of date is is going to change a lot for some people. And, you know, I know that people are excited because they'll be able to come to the U.S. for tourism, which is great. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, pay close attention to these rules because they do change often. Exactly. Yeah. But the other exciting thing is that, yeah, starting November 8th, now international people will be able to come here for the first time in like 18 months. So, which is crazy to think about. I'm really excited to see how that changes things in Boston and New York and Miami, you know, some of the popular places. So I wonder if we'll see a lot of international people here for the holidays and that kind of thing. Yeah, I know. Me too. I think, I think it'll be exciting because people are probably like, you know, tourists who wanted to come to the U.S. like in the summer and, and all of that who couldn't are probably excited to be able to visit again. But yeah, I'm wondering if it's going to make like, if I go to New York again, is it going to be like super crowded or something? <laughs> I know. So, and I wonder about Miami too, like this winter, will it be even more crowded than it already is because literally everybody will be there? I don't know. Yeah, I know. Um, I think people are probably already planning, you know, tourists who want to come to the U.S. are probably already planning trips for this winter or like, you know, ski trips too. I think it will probably be pretty popular. Exactly. Well, anyway, so let's get back to Paris. So I just got back from Paris about two weeks ago. I actually was coming from London and then Drew met me there. Um, He flew on Air France coming into Paris. So pretty direct travel time this time around. So I was in London and then I took the Eurostar train over to Paris, which I love, by the way. I haven't done that in a few years yeah. and it's awesome. I know. I wanted to ask you about that too, because I've actually never done that. Was it easy to go you know, from London to like, did it take you into the center of Paris? Like how was it you know, logistically? It's so easy. So you leave from St. Pancras station in London, which is right in the heart of London. I took an Uber there from my hotel just because it was like a 20-minute walk and I had a lot of luggage. It ended up being like a 10-minute Uber ride, but it's right in the center of London. So you leave from St. Pancras and it's it's a huge train station. I mean, it's mainly for Eurostar only. Thousands of people are on these trains. So it's a huge station. It's about a two-hour, like a little more than two-hour train ride, but it goes by really fast. Oh, it's only two hours, a little yeah. bit more. That's yeah, so it's crazy. like a little it's bit more than two fast. hours. Yeah, exactly. It's so fast and it's awesome because you're just on a train. I mean, you do go through full customs and security, very similar to the airport, but it's not as annoying as the airport. Like you have to put your bags through like a scanner machine, but you don't have to take anything out of it, like no liquids or anything. And then you do go through border control, like you leave the UK and then you enter Paris. And now that now because of Brexit, where the where the UK is not 
part of the EU. I think it's a little more strict these days than it used to be a few years ago. But they do check your COVID stuff. All I needed to show was my vaccine card and my passport, and I had no problem. You know, it's a great option. I mean, traveling, you know, like we said a few episodes ago, traveling to London is kind of annoying right now because of their testing requirements where you have to pre-book it. Keep that in mind if you're looking to go from Paris to London right now. But if you're already in London and you want to get to Paris, this is a great option because then after the two-hour ride, you're just in Paris, Gare du Nord. So you're right there. Oh yeah. It's like right in the city. So that's great. Yeah. It's super easy. I definitely want to like do that one day just to see, you know, because it's easier than flying. Um, you know, it is tricky these days with the COVID restrictions, but you can do anything to make it easier than definitely do that. This time we stayed at one of my dream hotels, the Four Seasons Georgia Sank, which is close to the Arc de Triomphe. This was one of my all-time dream hotels, and I'm so happy we got to stay there during such a beautiful time of year. I mean, it definitely lived up to all my expectations. It's a beautiful hotel. It's a historic property. You know, it's a Four Seasons property, so it has everything you'd expect from a Four Seasons, but it's extremely Parisian, which was amazing. I mean, the decor, the flowers, the service, everything was just top notch. And we honestly had a blast. Yeah. I know the hotel looks so pretty and just so Parisian. And I mean, it just has like such a great take on, you know, I love when these, these bigger hotels that are like big names, but they also make it really like unique to whatever city it's in. Exactly. I mean, we talk about this all the time. Four Seasons European properties are my favorite because they're literally old palaces that they renovate and turn into this beautiful hotel. So, you know, it has all the local charm, but you know, all the service and quality that you'd expect from a Four Seasons. We loved it. I mean, everything from the room to the spa to the dining was awesome. So maybe we can just start with the room. So we had this beautiful room. It was overlooking the courtyard, you know, so we had a great view and it was super Parisian on the inside, like really classic furniture, beautiful like crown molding and chandelier. So really classic, which was nice. Um, so really felt like we're in a Parisian, you know, either like a luxury home or something like that. And then um, I actually got this awesome spa treatment where it was a facial and then a massage and it was unreal. I mean, it was so nice. I mean, the spa was so luxurious and so relaxing. I, I was there for like two and a half hours getting this treatment and it was so nice and it was the perfect thing that I needed after a really hectic like two days of traveling to London and to Paris and all this back and forth. So it was just the perfect way to start the trip. Yeah, that sounds so amazing too. And I know like, you know, spas in Europe are great too because they love to really take pleasure in those sort of like relaxing environments too. So it just must've been amazing. Exactly, yeah. And everyone was so nice. I mean, I just think the service at the hotel was exactly what we all need right now because traveling is stressful. I mean, you and I love to travel, so we've continued to do it throughout the pandemic, you know, once it became safe again and allowed again. You know, I think for people who don't travel as regularly as we do, it can be extremely stressful these days because the rules, they are still very unfamiliar to all of us. I mean, who would have thought we'd be in this situation for this long where there's travel restrictions all over the world? I mean, we had none of that before this. So, you know, I think taking some time to relax and really you know, invest in 
these treat yourself type of things like going to the spa, going to a maybe an upgraded hotel than you would normally do really makes the difference these days when you're traveling. Yeah, exactly. I know the COVID stuff is like, it's still so crazy that we're, we're in it like this much and there's, they've lasted this long, you know, we never thought that they would, but I think that a lot of these hotels and, you know, kind of, um, like people in hospitality have really tried to make it as easy as possible, but it is still like just weird that we're in the situation. Exactly. So, so yeah, I had an awesome spa treatment the first night I was there. Then, um, you know, we woke up and had a beautiful breakfast. I mean, they have, you know, that's one of my other favorite things. I mean, that I really missed after not going to Europe as often as we normally do is these hotel breakfasts. I mean, I think just having a luxurious start to the day is just a real treat. And that's something that I cherish on every trip. I think it's so nice. I mean, it's so different from you know, your daily life of, you know, waking up, having something small and then getting right to work. I think, you know, starting very leisurely and, you know, really savoring the day with a nice cappuccino and some nice pastries and all of that is just such a treat whenever we go to Europe. So definitely recommend the breakfast here like I always do, because I think that's just something that for me makes it really feel like a vacation. Yeah, I know the breakfast in these hotels can be so good and just breakfast in Europe is amazing to begin with. So no matter where you are, if you're used to just like working so much all the time at home and then you have, and then getting a chance to really slow down, I think it's Europe is a great place to do that because people love to like really take their time, especially when it comes to eating and enjoying food. So I think that's just such a huge part of like traveling and being in the place that you are is just really enjoying like the local food. Exactly. So let's talk about the things to do in Paris in the fall. So we literally got there at the tail end of Fashion Week. You know, the city was starting to quiet back down again in the falls, a really nice shoulder season in Paris because similar to New England, they have a beautiful changing of the leaves and just the air gets crisp after the hot summer. So just weather-wise... It's a really nice time to go because it also stays really sunny. Like they, they don't get a ton of rain in the fall and the light stays, you know, it stays light out until late still, you know, even into October. The fall is a really nice time to explore and walk around. And that's pretty much all we did. We walked so much. I really wanted to see the Tuileries in the fall where the leaves were changed. So they were all orange. It was so beautiful. I mean, I've never seen it like that before. So that was so nice. Um, and then we actually went to the Luxembourg Gardens as well. And we walked all the way from, you know, the Georgia Sank area. So, you know, we walked like all day. We got like probably 30,000 steps. It was so nice. So if you love walking around and just exploring, fall is an awesome time for that in Paris. Yeah. And Paris is also super walkable too. I mean, it is huge. Like it's way bigger than Boston, for example, but you can walk really easily to a lot of different places. And if you want to just stay in the same area, it's super easy to walk. I mean, of course, if you want to go from like one into the other, then the Metro is really easy too. But no, I think it's great to really get in your steps, especially if the weather's gorgeous, like you're saying. And yeah, I love the Tuileries too. I think like I try to go there every time I go to Paris because it's like, no matter what season it is, it's always so pretty. And it's just like, so Paris in my mind. Exactly. Just exploring is half the fun, but you know, we did go into some stores for shopping and, you know, looking at things and it's always such a blast because, you know, they really appreciate 
you know, luxury goods in Paris. I mean, you know, all the big brands are based there. So that's a lot of fun. So if you've been interested in luxury brands, I mean, Paris is definitely the place to do it. You know, we talk about that all the time, but I love to go shopping in Paris. You know, that's a lot of fun. But yeah, there's so much to do. And right now, like we talked about on our trip to France earlier this year, it still is very empty compared to normal. Like there's no big tour groups. It is very quiet than normal. So if you want to go to a lot of the museums, you haven't been to them yet, definitely use this time to go there while it's quieter and there's less crowds. Yeah, I know. I think it's a great time to go. And it it is really nice to get like, to be able to be in Paris, like such a big city, but not have all these tour groups around or like a ton of tourists all at the same time, you know, I'm going to go around Christmas. So I'll see how that goes too, to, to be able to see, oh, okay, are people like getting fully back to normal travel amount? Like, what is that going to be like? So yeah, I think if you have a chance to go in the fall, definitely go. Exactly. And since we knew it wouldn't be that crowded in terms of restaurants, we did kind of a mix. Like we tried a few new places and went to a few of our old favorites. So um, starting with, you know, we really wanted to, you know, have this as a luxurious vacation. So we checked out a few of the, you know, high-end hotel bars and restaurants. Um, So starting at the Four Seasons, we had lunch at their one Michelin star La Orangie uh, restaurant. And this is a really modern, cool restaurant. I mean, it's a beautiful setting. All the restaurants are around the edge of the patio. So you have this gorgeous view, lots of natural light. And this restaurant is is kind of like the healthier one. So it's a lot of vegetables and fish on the menu. Like there's not anything heavy. It's a really cool menu, like super gastronomic. I mean, everything is just beautiful, cooked to perfection, prepared to perfection. So definitely recommend this. They have just a set menu and I really loved it for lunch. And we talk about this all the time. Sometimes going to Michelin starred restaurants for lunch is the smart move. Yeah. I love doing that. And normally you can go to like a one or two star Michelin lunch and it's really not that expensive per person. And you can still enjoy like, obviously the food is going to be amazing. The service, just the whole like quality of the atmosphere is going to be great. So yeah, I'll definitely want to check this one out. Which hotel was it? uh, Did you say? Well, so this one was at ours. So this was at the Four Seasons. Oh, okay. And it was called L'Oranger? Yep. Cool. Yeah, that one was awesome. And then another one uh, that was a little bit different, we went to Lily at the Peninsula, um, which was basically like a Hong Kong speakeasy type restaurant. It was so cool. And, you know, this is this is probably one of our favorite types of food. I mean, we love like Cantonese fusion food and just, you know, traditional Cantonese food. Lily is the signature restaurant at the Peninsula, and this was close by to us. It was also in the Arc de Triomphe area. Um, I'm so glad we got to check this out. I mean, the Peninsula is obviously a super luxe hotel as well, and this restaurant was so funky. They had a DJ, and it really just had kind of like, it kind of had the same vibe as like Komodo in Miami, where, you know, it's a really chic restaurant, and then like as it gets later, it turns more into a club. It was so fun. We loved it. Yeah, that's so cool. I know. I remember you telling me about that one too. And I love, like in Paris, there's so many good kind of Asian fusion restaurants, like Asian and French cuisine really mix well 
together. And so I love the fact that there are so many of these types of restaurants, you know, at all price points too. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Paris, I mean, Paris is a foodie city and it can be a foodie city in whatever type of cuisine you're interested in. I mean, there's literally everything. I mean, it's so international. Obviously, you know, most of the time for Americans, when we go to Paris, we do want to experience, you know, classic French stuff, go to French cafes and all that. But, you know, you can mix it up. Like you're definitely not going to get bored with the food in Paris um, for sure. But yeah, sometimes it's nice to kind of break it up and, you know, try a few different things as well. So yeah, so we went to Lily for dinner. And then actually afterwards that same night, we went to the uh, La Reserve uh, Hotel, which is a little bit smaller of a hotel, but just as chic. And we went to um, their uh, Le Gaspar Bar, uh, which is this really cool hotel bar. It was so cozy. This felt like an old Parisian kind of like exclusive spot. We loved it. They had really funky cocktails and they also had a really cool bar bites menu as well. So this is definitely a spot that would be nice for date night or, you know, meeting up with your friends before your dinner or after dinner. It just had such a nice atmosphere. Yeah. It just sounds so pretty. I know I love all these type of restaurants have like such, you know, different characters and styles and, and just like the whole vibe is really different. So there's definitely a ton of options. And, you know, if you want to do like more fine dining, there's great options for that. You can go for lunch and it's really not expensive per person, or even sometimes the dinner menus are not like crazy either. So, you know, just do your research ahead of time. And I think also now, like, if Paris does start to get a little bit more busy in the winter with tourism, like try to make reservations beforehand if you can. Um, but I think fall is great to go to because, you know, like Jacqueline said, you don't really have to worry about things being like overcrowded. Exactly. And one place that we just decided to go to kind of off the cuff was Brez Cafe. So this is our favorite crepe place in Paris. Um, so there's a few locations, but we love the one in the, Lamar- in, uh, the Moray because um, we've gone there every single time we go to Paris, we go there at least once. And we went here for dinner one night and it was so much fun. I mean, I love the Moray neighborhood anyways, but I forgot. It's so cool. It was felt so homey. Like I would live there in a second. You know, it's a crepe place. So it's very casual. They serve like classic Brittany style crepes. So they're buckwheat flour, really delicious fillings. And everybody orders the apple cider to go along with it because it's traditional Brittany cuisine. So, so nice. And it was nice to have a lighter dinner because we had a few big dinners the days before. So um, this is one place that we go every time we're in Paris. Yeah, I love the Marais. Like it's honestly my favorite neighborhood and you know, I would live there in a second too. I think there's so much around like so many good restaurants and such good stores and shopping. Like it's just crazy to me every time we go there. I'm like amazed by the amount of stores there are. I'm just like, "Oh my god, I want to go in every single place." And you know, it's just like so Parisian to me. Exactly. Paris is just a beautiful place in the fall. So I think that's really what I want to get across. I mean, the travel tip for this week is that you should visit major European cities in the shoulder season or in the off season to really get to enjoy it like a local. Thank you for tuning into the Travel Babies podcast. We really appreciate your support. And if you enjoy our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and give us a review. It really helps us a lot. 
We hope you enjoyed hearing about Paris this fall. Catch us next week for more travel tips. Thanks, JQ. Thanks, Juliana. Thanks, Juliana.